and welcome to the Extra Mile Podcast with Commercial Truck Training. I'm Will Brogan, and if this is your first listen, welcome. We would like to let you know that this is actually part two of an interview with A.J. Hewitson of Paradise Chevrolet in Temecula, California. Our Ken Taylor did a two-part interview with him, and part one should be just before this on your podcast, whatever you're using, whether that's iTunes or Google Play or even Libsyn, our native distributor. So please check out part one first, although this one has just as much quality information. So here is part two with A.J. Hewitson and Ken Taylor. Well, one that you know, you've done a great job on um, what I call two areas of the business, both the small commercial, but you've also done a really good job on the large fleet size. A lot of new people want to get in and go after the big elephants. <laughs> they want to go after the the hundred, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, uh, you know, truck fleets. We encourage them, you know, to to start with the small ones, and we certainly don't discourage them from the uh, the large ones. But if you were giving advice to a new person and uh, and they had that attitude, of gosh. You know, I want to go after the big, the big boys. What would be your advice to them? Well, you know, there's three groups. You know, there's the, you know, the small, you know, small business one. You know, and that's going to be, you know, the ten or less. You know, or really the five or less. I mean, because once you're up to ten, that you know, you're kind of threshold. You're kind of getting into the small fleet. But you know, the, the small business customer, the mid-sized fleet, and then the massive fleet. You know, and the the small business guys, it, it's too much of an emotional decision, and the uh, the, the 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 massive companies they're they've 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 been to the rodeo they've had the cotton candy they've you know and and they're on everybody's radar so when you know a new guy comes in and goes oh my brother-in-law works for so and so or you know knows a guy who knows a guy or half brother's roommate in college or whatever and they've got 500 vehicles in their fleet you know they think that's a good thing you know and and I guess to an extent it is you know but one it's a lot of work to to chase that down. Number one. Number two, if they already have 500 vehicles, that means that if you know if they've been in business for 20 years, that means they've bought over a thousand. So they're they're not you're not going to teach them anything. You know you're not going to you know, really add value. You know it's going to be really difficult for you to do it. And if you're run you know serving the account the way that it needs to be, which is you know checking for recalls and and and, and doing service and being proactive on replacements and that kind of stuff. You know, you're not going to have time for any other accounts. So you better, you know, flip their fleet because that's you're going to be totally focused and engrossed on it. And and, and like I said, I mean, they they've already purchased a thousand, so they already have relationships. You're not special, you know. And, and and so on one side of the spectrum, it's emotional. On the other side, it's absolutely zero emotion. You know, it's it's bottom line numbers, and you're not going to make a ton of gross. You know, which no. is I mean, what we're doing this for. So. You know, the sweet spot is really, you know, the 15, in my opinion, the 15 to 30 space, you know, because they have enough vehicles where they, you know, they've done it enough times where it's not, it gets away from having to ask everyone in the family and Tiny Tim and, you know, is, you know, is he going to be able to go to college if I get this van? And I mean, it's like, come on, this, it's like a business decision here, you know, and, and, and if, if you can get into that account, that's going to be your, you know, biggest win. You're going to do a lot of hand-holding with the, the smaller customers, which isn't the end of the world either. I mean, like my electrical contractor, he had three trucks. You know, when I when I sold him, you know, his fourth one, and now he's you know got over thirty. You know, I mean, so you had to start somewhere, but that's usually kind of an anomaly. 
Like uh, there's a lot of people that that help them get along the way. They'll buy two from one guy. They'll buy one from another, and and that's just over years of time. And then eventually they'll reach a threshold where they need to, you know, just really expand. You know, they'll take on if they're a plumbing contractor, they'll start doing HVAC, or if they're HVAC and plumbing, they'll start doing electrical. You know, and then now they need to add you know another ten vehicles. And if you help them ramp up to the five, six, seven, eight, you know, when they need to buy another ten you know, to you know, take on this new division, then great. You've, you've laid the groundwork, you've laid the foundation, and now you can reap the rewards. But it's it's just, a, I mean, that's a lot of if, come, hope, wish. And if you can get the guys that are already, you know, not new to it, that, that's, in my opinion, that's, you know, your best bat. Um, hit it dead on. And, and people ask us the same thing, and what is a sweet spot? And we usually say 15 to 30. You know, that's kind of where we want the new, especially new guys, to focus on. Uh, those very small ones might buy once every five, six, seven, eight, nine years. You're waiting a long time for the next sale, but you know that ten to thirty marketplace we found to be so successful. So I, I think you're dead on on that advice. That's great advice. There are a lot of tools available to sales professionals in the automotive industry, uh, both on the retail consumer side and the commercial side. What do you think some of the more important tools are? Be it software. Uh, um, even websites. I mean, what are some of the tools you feel are most important for a person coming on board to learn quickly and and to really rely on? Well, I mean, it, I mean, some things you have control over, and some things you don't. So when it comes to you know, like a CRM tool, you know, the dealership's going to have one, and you're going to have to use it. You know, so whether it's yeah. Dealer Socket or Reynolds and Reynolds or you know ADP or Cobalt, you know, whatever. Then I mean that's what you need to um, you know get you get really fluent in. Plus, on 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 that point, if you don't use it, every store has their own set of protection rules. So it it's really a bummer to invest a bunch of time in something and not use any kind of documentation. And then they, that customer shows up someday, and now you're having some infighting, you know, amongst the troops of whose deal is it. And sometimes you end up having to split a deal arbitrarily because the guy spent a whole Saturday with them or whatever. But if you know, you want to try to be the ocean and not the boat. You know, being the boat, you're at the mercy of the ocean, and and, and there's so many things that are outside of your control: um, inventory constraints, dealer trades, you know, incentives, uh, financing, the customer's credit. <laughs> you know, the, those you have no control over any of that. You know, but you know, the things that you do have control over are you know taking really good notes. And, and and utilizing your your dealership CRM and it's really easy like our you know our guys really you know can't stand our our CRM because it's you know really retail focused but at the end of the day you know if you're in the in the absence of it, let's say that we, they, you know they weren't required to use it you know then what are you going to do instead just you know use a notepad you know and, and I mean that's and that's right. horrible you know so so one is I mean whatever CRM that you've got utilize it. Um, two, I would get as as well versed in, in Microsoft Office as you can, um, not just you know just Outlook and Word and, and Excel on its pure basic premise, but more so on like the advanced stuff. So pivot tables, for example, in Excel, it's a really complicated concept, but it's they're really simple to you know to put together and to be able to pull down your sales numbers and look at what month you know, were great months or pull out and look at what zip codes were really target-rich environments or look at how many vehicles a particular customer bought from you over the course of a year. Yeah, you might get some reporting and stuff through, you know, your CRM, but 
most salespeople are kind of limited unless they're an admin to be able to get some of the more advanced reports. But you can pull down your own sales in pretty much any sales environment. And if you can't, if you go to your manager or director and say, hey, I'd like to get my numbers, number one, they're going to probably drop dead of a heart attack because you know, salespeople <laughs> don't usually ask for that stuff. True. And, and, and some of them, unfortunately, might not even know the answer. I mean, you might have to go to your retail side um, because we kind of avoid, you know, any of tech. I mean, as an industry, unfortunately, we're the most, you know, it's it's a it's a high, it's a high volume, low talent industry, and mm-hmm. most of them are not tech geniuses. So you might have to go to your internet director or to your retail, you know, sales manager or general sales manager to ask for these numbers, you know, or ask for this information for your own sales. And once again, all of those people will probably drop dead of a heart attack because, I mean, this salespeople just don't typically ask for that stuff. You know, and, and so God true. forbid you remarket back to your existing customers. So, CRM is important. You know, the the office suite is extremely important. I've shown my guys many times, like the things that you can do about sending delayed emails. You know, if you're already sending yes. a quote today, to send a an addition, create an additional email that's going to go out a day from now or two days from now, because you're already doing the work now. Why not replicate your efforts and just have it handled? You know, so now. You know, if I already have eight emails that are set to go for tomorrow, you know, and before I've even woken up that morning, you know, I've already I've already touched eight customers before I've even opened my eyes. You know, and that's, there you go. And, and, and the cus- and the customer doesn't know when the email was set up, and as long as you're sending a genuine direct email to them, it's not you know it has relevant content. You know, hey, you know, hope your son has a good you know has a good you know day at his baseball game today. You know, because you were out of his office last week and. You know, or I hope I hope his baseball game went well on uh, this weekend. You know, and you remember that kind of stuff, and maybe you, you show up with a you know a, a six pack of baseballs. You know, and I mean, cost you seven bucks, eight bucks, you know, whatever, and you know, just whatever. People remember that stuff, and it's I mean, just the little things are you know go a long way. Oh, absolutely, and there's some specialty softwares as well. I know Commercial Truck Trader, Work Truck Solutions. Uh, could you talk a little bit about your utilization of those kind of tools? Well, I'm, I'm guilt- I wish I could, you know, give a, a, a better response than I, you know, than reality. But you know, once again, truth be told, you know, we don't utilize we utilize probably you know 20% of it. You know, and 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 if we used it more, you know, they're, they're hugely beneficial. I mean, they they show you, you know, from a manager's perspective. I mean, there's two sides. You know, from a manager's perspective, you can see, you know, what your breakdown of of brand is, what you know, what body companies you've been, you know, carrying, and what you know what. What's what stuff stocks and and what you know what needs pictures and what you know rotates faster and if you check that against gross profit and you've got three chassis and you're trying to figure out you know what um, you know what turns the fastest we usually just make gut decisions of okay I'm going to get two steak beds and a, and a service body you know well the steak beds you know, might generate you know the lowest profit you know but then then again they might turn the fastest because they're basic and they're simple and they're cheap. You know, but if I want to make more gross, and if I'm not going to see more of these trucks, you know, coming for a while, then, you know, I need to make a better decision from a you know fiscal you know decision. You know, not to right. worry about getting rid of it so quick. So I mean, so inventory management's huge, and pictures and social media and all that stuff is is, is huge from management side. On the salesperson side, you know, like you've got on work truck solutions, you've got the two minute prospector, which is a phenomenal tool. You know, and, and it literally—I don't even think they should call it the two-minute prospector. It should be the, you know, the the sixty-four-second prospector because if it takes longer than that, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. You know, and and it's 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 
it's so simple, you know, even if it's just those conversation starters, you know, and one, another thing I've told my guys is that, you know, when you go to see a customer, you ask them, you know, three questions, you know, what's your oldest, what's your most commonly used, and what's your, if money wasn't an object, you know, what vehicle would you buy? You know, just so you can get some conversation started if they're kicking you out, you know, and they're not giving you the time. Well, if you if they answer those questions, now you just came away with three potential vehicles that you could quote them, and even if they had no intent of buying something that day, at least start the conversation. So from your truck, you could, you know, just after you walk out their office, you could, you know, go on Prospector and, you know, send them pictures of the three trucks that you just had a conversation about and just say, hey, I just want to send you pictures of, of these things and some information. And, you know, if any of them, you know, strike your fancy, you know, let me know and, you know, I'll send you some numbers or, God forbid, send them a quote proactively. You know, but, Great advice. But you, can, wow. but you can do that with WorkTruck Solutions, you know, really easily. And um, both both companies continue to just add more, you know, services. I'm seeing more sales uh, salesperson stuff on the WorkTruck Solutions side than on the on commercial truck. Um, but it's, I mean, there's, it's just, you know, WorkTruck Solutions has come so far uh, as far as a, a resource and tool for everybody to use. Oh, we agree. We, we, you know, both tools are, are outstanding, and, and each have their place. Sometimes people confuse and think they're exactly the same thing, and they're not. Each one has its own purpose, and if you use them correctly, it's amazing what happens. So, great advice. Here's a biggie, and I get this constantly. We probably get a call a week. Um, we've got a new manager. Uh, he's got a couple of salespeople under him. And the owners, the GMs, want that to be a both a full-time selling <laughs> manager as well as a full-time coach <laughs> manager. We kind of separate those two. Um, any comments on that? And you know, you know, how do you make the most of it? My that's probably my my, my biggest challenge and. Uh, you know, and over the years has been super tough. You know, it, it's just one of those things that you can't you can't do both. You, I mean, you can do both things decent. You know, and and maybe and maybe borderline good, but there's no way that you can do you know both things well. And one and one is definitely going to suffer. You know, if you're if you're trying to sell and manage, you know, you're you're not you're not giving enough time to your team. Not not only not giving enough time to your team, but one of our biggest challenges. And you know we've got you know um, as assistant manager, you know under underneath me, and, and is is getting with these guys, and even just having a, a you know a rap session once a week, you know for 20 minutes, and not just hey what are you working on, but okay so last week you told me that you know that you had Johnson Electric, you had X Y Z Plumbing, you had so and so Landscaping, you know where are we at with these, you know X you know Johnson Plumbing you've been working on now for three months. You know, are we going to do something with this? Or, I mean, what what's the opposition? You know, what 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 do you need to to help close this deal? Um, and then they'll tell you, you know, he's looking to hire a guy, or he's looking to sell some trucks, or whatever. You know, just to have that dialogue. And and sometimes we get, in, you know, oftentimes as salespeople, we get in our own way. And so we just we don't, you know, we're our biggest obstacle, or we're making the we're making the predisposed decision on behalf of the customer. You know, it's like, who are we to tell the customer that they can't do it or, you know, whatever, you know, or don't want to do it or, you know, whatever. You know, so it's, you know, it sometimes takes another set of ears and eyes to go, why didn't you offer this? Or, hey, Ally is offering 90 days deferred payments. 
and he said that he's 120 days out from you know, getting this new guy up and ready through training and through orientation and stuff. So if we've got 90 days, you know, deferred payments, the guy has time to get his signage on there, any special equipment put on there, you know, any of those, you know, things put on there. And, you know, so now the guy, the truck can be ready to go when the guy starts because who knows, maybe he won't need 120 days. Maybe it might be 98 days. You know, well, now that truck is ready to go. Well, that salesperson might not have thought of that, you know, but if, if you're a selling manager, you're worried about all your own stuff, you know, unfortunately and primarily first, in addition and kind of coexisting with all the stuff that you're getting from your GM or your dealer of, hey, these initiatives need to be done or we need to get rid of this aged inventory or we need to work on this or need to work on that. So you have your admin responsibilities. You've got your, you know, your handed down inherited responsibilities that you get from ownership, you know, and management. And then you've got, you know, now you've got to manage a team on top of it. So what ends up happening is that when the salespeople suffer, you know, management and owners are like, hey, what's going on? And then you go to talk to the guy and say, okay, write a business plan. You know, and that's the, it's the first thing we do is we say, hey, write a business plan. And then the salesperson writes a horrible business plan that he's not going to follow. And, and then they put it in a drawer for six months. And yeah. then, you know, and then they don't come back to it. You know, and then the guy's doing the same things, you know, six months later. And it's like, hey, how come you're not selling? I thought you were going to do your business plan. Well, you got to take some ownership into that, too. And, and yes. I'm guilty of it as well. And when we've hired people that, you know, could have been really good candidates, you know, I'm partially to blame, too, for not holding them accountable. And accountability, like you, you did a, uh, a newsletter probably about a year ago about uh, accountability. And, you know, they need to be accountable to themselves. They need to be accountable to their team. They need to be accountable to, to their manager or director. You know, but the manager and director needs to be accountable to them as well. If he says that, you know, hey, I'm going to, you know, provide you guys with, you know, with folders or newsletters or, or marketing dollars or whatever, and if they don't do it, then, you know, then they're to blame, you know. But if, if, if they do everything that they say they're going to do and they hold the salesperson accountable for the things that they're supposed to do, then, then I mean, it's, it, you should have good success. It's not a complicated deal. I mean, it's it's simple numbers. You know, three a day, five. You know, five days a week is fifteen. You figure fifteen times three weeks is forty-five. You know, it's forty-five contacts, and if if you're following up on them, you know, we have an average close ratio as an industry of thirty percent. Well, thirty percent of forty-five is you know almost fifteen, and that's not fifteen sales. That's 15 accounts. So if you're doing it right, that could be a one, two, four, six, eight truck sale. So if you have a 30% close ratio on 45 accounts, that could be 25, 30, 40, you know, deals. God forbid you're Absolutely. so busy. Yep. You know, but but you can't manage those activities as you know a manager. And I've got a really good friend, my my best friend, best man at my wedding, and you know who you are, buddy. You know, I, 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 I ride him about this, you know, all the time. And, and it's it's so tough because he's been doing this for 25 years now. And, and it's, it's you know, you don't want to give up your, and that's a, that's a big, you know, thing too, is that you have to give up some of your accounts to your people if you're not yeah. going to be a selling manager anymore. And don't fool yourself to think that, you know, that no one can treat him as good as I can. You know, you're not treating your customer that well if you're trying to manage all these things. All you're doing is answering their calls when they need something. Sure, you probably have a great relationship and 
go grab lunch, you know, every four months or so, you know, when your paths cross or when you sell them a vehicle. But, you know, a hungry salesperson that doesn't have a book of business, it's a great thing to get them, you know, give them an, you know, a softball, you know, to get, to get going and get aggressive and, you know, and, treat, and, and they have a lot to prove to you. So you can kind of hold that over them and go, hey, you know, I'm going to give you this account. I've been selling these guys for, you know, for 15 years, you know, and you've got to take care of them, you know, or I'm going to take it, I'll take it away from you just as, as easy as I gave it to you. And he may end up giving better service than you are. You know, yep. which, great, at least it happened in-house, because God forbid he gets better service, you know, from another salesperson in another dealership. Yeah. Um, so true. <laughs> you, you just hit it again right on target on the bullseye. Uh, you know, it, it, you can't be all things to all people, and, and a producing manager is going to take the route of, unfortunately, too often neglecting his people over, you know, the basis of getting business. Uh, we just uh, we got a big dealership out of Texas who you know very well. I don't have to name them. And we've got the commercial manager now finally giving up accounts in order to be a better manager. And it's working. Uh, I mean, the sales are going up, uh, and, and they're handling, in many cases, the client much better than he was handling them. So great advice. Uh, here, here is a tough one, AJ, uh, because I'm seeing it uh, across OEMs at this point, and that is uh, available inventory. <laughs> um, how, you know, when you can't get something, what do you tell your people? How do you how do you make it up uh, when you've got uh, inventory shortages from the factory? <laughs> Sell what you got. <laughs> you know, and, and to be a little, to be a, to, to be a little. <laughs> To, to, to be a little uh, offensive, you know, we have, you know, uh, SOS is what we say, sell, sell our shit, you know, sell our stuff. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, we've got, uh, we're, we're, in the, we're in that predicament right now where we're very, very light on, you know, chassis, you know, and there's some trucks that we're not going to see built until next year, you know, and, 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 that, and they stopped building them last year. You know, so we're going to have a two-year gap, you know, of, of not having some, some inventory and product. And, you know, but right now I've, I've got, you know, 100 vans, 100 cargos, and I've got, I think I've got 75 cutaways in stock with another, you know, 100 or so inbound. You know, so if, if I'm used to selling in the construction trades and selling into, you know, to heavy construction and I need, you know, stake beds and contractor bodies and service bodies and I don't have them, then I can have the best relationship on earth. But if every deal is going to be a dealer trade, I might as well just go out back and kick myself in the stomach, you know, because, I mean, I'm, it's, I'm not, I'm not, I, even if the guy says, yes, I'm selling air, so yeah. if I need to adjust, you know, adjust my, my, my approach, great, you know, and if, I, if, if I've got a bunch, in, in this case, we've got a bunch of these vans, and, you know, a lot of dealers aren't going to have them for a long time either, so we have, a, a, we have a competitive advantage, B, it's in stock, C, they're not getting any younger, you know, and D, they're ready to go. I mean, all we have to do is throw signage on it, and that van goes into service for one of these guys. So, you know, you need to I mean, just get off your pity pot of, you know, of, of I don't have this or I can't do that. You know, look at what you've got. Look at what you've got inbound, and that's where, you know, Commercial Truck Trader and Work Truck Solutions also become an asset. You know, talk to your commercial manager and find out, you know, get the production sheets of the body companies so that you know, you know, okay, we've got 10 on order of this, we've got 5 on order of that. God forbid you proactively sell it, you know, because, I mean, it, 
once you once the vehicle's been produced and we're just waiting for the body to be built, you could tell the customer, hey, look, you know, great news. You know, I, you know, I got good news. I got bad news. The bad news is it's not here yet. The good news is, is that no one even knows this thing is coming. You know, and and I'm I'm calling you to give you first chance. You know, now two things happen with that. One, if they pull the trigger and and buy it, they're going to be appreciative that you gave them the heads up, which is going to create another notch in your belt for loyalty. Yes. If they don't pull the trigger and they and they and they wait, you know, because they you know they weren't ready or the deal wasn't sweet enough or whatever, when they come out of the ether to come back and get that truck that they thought was being held for them, even though you told them 22 times that, you know, when this thing's gone, it's gone, you know. Um, when they don't, then they kind of get a little sting, and you go, look, man, I did my best. I did everything short of co-signing the loan for you. You know, I tried to get you to buy it, you know, and I, I here I got, I emailed you on this date, this date, this date. I came by this date, this date, this date. I mean, I did everything I could, you know, but if you talk to them, I mean, it goes back to follow-up. You know, if you talk to them one time, you know, or send them an email one time, or you picked up the phone when they called you one time. You know, that's not you didn't you didn't give it your best effort. You're lying to them and yourself. You know, but if if you look at what you've got and you look at what's coming, and you build a, a business case around it, you know, of, of I'm going to go after these customers that buy these vehicles, you'll find a home. You know, and and and, and the proof proof happens. Good like point. you know, another thing that my guys have, have done is they want me to carry this particular van. And I didn't want to get it. It was a refrigerated van, and we don't go after that, you know, reefer business at all. And we don't carry the, you know, it's just in any in any space, whether it's the low cab Fords, the box trucks, and we just don't go after it. It's very expensive. It's highly specialized, and and of course, the one that you have is not going to be the right spec. And you're going to use this one to sell against it, and then order another one for that customer, and then that the existing one stays there. So my guys were, you know, pressuring me, and they said, you know, hey, we can't sell it if we don't have it. And so I'm like, all right, guys, we sell air all the time, but I'll, I'll bite, and we order it. And, you know, we ended up, you know, having it for 730 days. Oh, and, and it wasn't uh, 700, and it wasn't 730 days because it was a bad van. It was, apparently, it was the best van ever when they wanted to buy it, but yeah. they're not the ones that paid flooring, and there's not the one, I mean, so, so now, it, you know, after it's a year old, we start, you know, throwing bonuses and spiffs at it, and after it's two yeah. years old, I mean, we, you know, we're, we're throwing everything at it, you know, you know, and then we get to a point of, you know, threatening the guys going, okay, I want everyone to show up at the sales meeting this week with five potential customers for this thing. And, you know, when we, when we did the threats, you know, combined with here's an extra $500, you know, on top of commission to fund, miraculously, the, 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 the interest went through the roof. And, and of course, and this is the second time that we've done this. And both times I've, I've just, I, I only have myself to blame. And and so miraculously, what happened the first time and the second time was, as soon as it was sold, then we had four more customers, three more customers, two more customers that wanted the exact same van. And it's like it's amazing uh, what happens when you actually call based on what you've got and you have yeah. an interest and, and you're actively engaged to try to sell it. And so then you know the guy that ended up selling it the first time that we did this, he goes, man, if we had three more, he would have bought all four of them. You know, too bad we didn't stock it. And I go, you know, get out of my office. You know, I mean, don't even don't even say that after we've paid you know six grand in flooring on this thing. Oh man, you know, it's amazing. Uh, I'm hearing you sell what you got, 
but the amazing thing, and you just hit on something that I hear over and over and over and over. Well, we've got something that's been in inventory 300, 400, 500 days. And so suddenly we start calling around, you know, everybody start calling, everybody start calling. And next thing you know, you've got too many people wanting the one van. I mean, it, it's incredible. Activity breeds success. Great activity breeds great success. So, wow, great, <laughs> really good point. Well, any, any final words for uh, our listeners regarding uh, managing a commercial and fleet department, any kind of final little coaching tips that you would offer? Well, it's not really coaching as much as it is, you know, kind of just a, you know, a, a just comment. You know, if you don't have in, in endorsement from, from the, you know, the dealer and the general manager, you know, or if it's the same person sometimes, I mean, if if you don't have that, you know, it's 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 going to be a, a sinking ship proposition. I mean, you're you're kind of doomed from the beginning um, because it's 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 just not if they don't if you don't have buy-in and they're the ones that that write the checks and they're the ones that you know that sign your paycheck and you know and, and you know there's a, a store nearby that just recently got bought out and the you know it was a pretty it was a decent competitor store you know I mean they didn't have the inventory that we had but I mean we we swap customers and. You know, they gave us a run for our money in a lot of cases, and after the new buyers came in, you know, they they approached the manager over there, and and he, this is how he knew the writing was on the wall when he had one double cab utility body on the ground, and he had two more coming from the body company, and the controller came up to him and said, um, "Hey, uh, I see that we've got one here already, and you've got two more on order," and. And so he was giving, he was hassling him for having three service bodies on his lot. Jeez. Oh, and we can't, we're not going to see these trucks for a year, you know. And, and yeah. so, you know, I was talking with the manager over there, and he goes, "Yeah, the writing was on the wall when they were busting my chops about three service bodies, you know, Jeez. especially when we sell through. I mean, that's just bread and butter inventory. It's not like a, you know, a twelve thousand, fifteen thousand dollar update or anything weird, you know. And and so that, I mean, that's 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 part of the you know the comment. The other part is, and you've talked about this is the more information that you give to upper management about what's going on, both the good and the bad, because I mean, you can't just sell the, you know, the dream. You gotta, you gotta, you know, give them a little bit of the pain too. But the more that they know, the more, and the more that you can train them and, and, and make them familiar with things, you know, the better. Because you know, if you run an island, I mean, we're already an island as it is. We're often seen as the prima donnas of the dealership. You know, we, you right. know, not you know, we don't always have a schedule. We, you know, don't always the guys don't want to work weekends, and you know, and even though we sell a fair amount of commercial stuff over the weekend, um, but they they don't want to do any of that. You know, of those things. You know, and then when upper management asks questions, which they often don't until it's too late. By the time if you don't have a good relationship with them, then when they're asking questions, it's already too late. Yes, you know, because oh, so they're only reaching out to you because they're either looking to shut down the department or go quote in a different direction end quote, you know, which going a different direction is usually you know away from you. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, and so I mean, if there's one thing I've learned is that you know the more that they're engaged, whether they want to be or not, you know, and and even where I'm at now, initially. I mean, they wanted a commercial department. I started it, you know, from scratch, and you know, they wanted one. Um, but when I tried to tell them about, hey, we've, we are working on trying to get this discount from a body company, or we need to do this much in marketing, or we need to do that, or whatever, 
you know, they weren't really, I mean, it's like, yeah, you, you know, we hired you to take care of this stuff. You know, so even if it's just a matter of, like, now we're sending a daily action sheet. So every sales call that someone goes out on, every, you know, phone call that they make, all the quotes they send out. I mean, not just sales, because they can easily see the sales through, you know, the dealership software. But right. they don't know any of the activities of them. So the more that you tell them about what you're doing, you know, which is also a double-edged sword, too, because if, if the numbers aren't accurate, you know, if you're fluffing it up, you know, you're kind of creating your own, you know, execution as well. Because if you say that your sales guys are going out on 10 calls a day and you're turning in, you know, 10 sales for the month and a team of three or four guys, that's, you know, it, those numbers don't match. You know, either yeah. these guys are wasting time or, you know, you're doing whatever. So, you know, as long as the numbers are real and the information is accurate, you know, the more information that you, you know, float up, at least they know. Because, yes. you know, once again, if, if they don't, the only time they're going to come down, whether it's ego, pride, or, you know, they just don't want to be embarrassed that, you know, that you know more about, you know, the department than they do, when they come down, it's it's to end it. And I, and I have worked at a store where we got a new GM, and his background was at Saturn, and, uh, you know, Saturn doesn't sell trucks. And, in fact, Saturn doesn't sell anything anymore because Saturn's not in business anymore. You know, and this, and, and this guy had it all figured out. And one of the best things ever is, 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 you know, leaving that store when this guy came on because I saw the writing on the wall and the whole department got dismantled. And at the time, you know, we were, like, number seven in the country and, you know, number one in the state. And But he had it all figured out. You know, a guy that had never sold fleet, you know, Smart, smart businessman, you know, and, and he had run dealerships before, but he had never run a fleet department. He spent, you know, over 10, 12, 15 years at Saturn, and he was going to tell me how to sell cargo vans. And I'm like, what? Buddy, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know what's going on. <laughs> so hey, the, more, the more engaging that you can be and the more information you can share, you know, don't, don't, don't think that running on an island is, 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 a, is a blessing because it's really not. Oh, you're 100% right. And you're right. We preach this constantly. Keep management informed. If what they don't know, they'll think the worst. So that's not where you want to be. So good. Well, Jay, thank you so much. Great information. This is much information. We're probably going to turn it into two podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so really appreciate it. Always good good wisdom from you. And uh, thanks for, for all you do. And, and especially thanks, too, for your friendship. Uh, I can't tell you how much I value that. And uh, love talking with you. And uh, and uh, i got to put you on notice. This is not the last time you're going to do a <laughs> podcast with us. So get ready, my friend. Well, it's a pleasure. And uh, I appreciate the uh, opportunity to, to learn from you and to sh- share ideas and not to break our arms, to pat ourselves on the back. It's it's a great business, and there's a lot of opportunity. You've got job security for as long as you want to do this, because there's a lot of people that think they've got it all figured out, and it's it's not it doesn't have to be complex. It's real simple as long as you just you know small things small things well, and and just be consistent. Amen. That, that those are two great pieces of advice, and uh, that sounds like an article for me to write, my friend. <laughs> I think I'll get on that right away. Well, so, I'm going to send you a 1099 for it. We'll, we'll do <laughs> <Maybe>. that. Maybe. <laughs> AJ, thank you so much. No problem, bud. Have a great day. Uh, are you too. I hope everyone got great value out of both parts of that interview. And again, as a reminder, if you have not, or even if you have, 
go back and listen to the first interview that we did with AJ a few months back. It was earlier in the early months of 2019. That is a phenomenal piece in and of itself. One reminder that I'd like to throw out there is that we still have seats available for our July boot camp that will take place at Commercial Truck Trader Headquarters in Norfolk, Virginia. The dates for that are July 22nd to 24th. That is a Monday to Wednesday. And we are running some specials as far as registration fees go on our website. So check that out. It's commercialtrucktraining.com slash ultimate hyphen boot hyphen camp. That will get you all the information that you need on that event. Hope to see you there. And otherwise, we'll be back soon for another edition of the Extra Mile Podcast. Thank you so much.